It's dark. It's dirty. It's dangerous. It's cold. It's Trolls in the Dungeon with Sandy and Talia. Thought she ought to know. Alright, welcome back to Trolls in the Dungeon with Sandy and Talia. I am Talia. And I am Sandy. Today we're going to be talking about Dumbledore. All about Dumbledore. Flaws and all. Mostly flaws. Not necessarily <laughs> mostly flaws, but you know, he's definitely got more than a few. He has flaws, and nobody really talks about them. Dumbledore is this mensch. Dumbledore is this... Peon, not peon, uh, pe- what's the word I'm thinking Pillar of? of society. Paragon! Paragon! Splendid. Yeah. Of, of wizardhood. Or whatever. And, uh, we're gonna challenge that a little bit today. So, this episode is coming to you as uh, a completely fleshed out idea of a segment that we're introducing to you right now called Characters That Are Great, But, but Still so- Kinda Suck. They still suck. And Dumbledore is absolutely one of those that are great, but he does suck sometimes. So today in the characters that are great but still kind of suck spotlight, we would like to honor Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore. Aww. He's got quite a mouthful of a name. Yes, he does. I wonder where Brian comes from. Does he have um, a muggle in his family line? I have no idea why he has such a goofy name. I like, feel like it was JK being like, haha, this will be silly. Well, it, it is. She's it is. Wrong. I mean, like, um, I mean I you've got Albus. Percival isn't kind of a normal name. I know name, that's his father's name. But, so he's named for his father. You know, Wolfric isn't is kind of that, odd. I'm guessing Albus. that's a great uncle or some shit. Like, yeah. that's clearly a family but name. Brian. Like, it's like Brian, Brian. is such a, such a, Kevin. Such a muggle name. <laughs> Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, very basic bitch fucking name to be thrown in Brian. right before the surname of Dumbledore. Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my, one of my very first um, complaints about Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore is the very beginning of book one, chapter fucking one, where he uh, drops Harry Potter off on a doorstep in... October, this grown-ass man thinks it's appropriate to drop a baby off on a doorstep at night to people who are neither expecting this child, uh, nor have ever met this child, or have any prior relationship to this child. Well, I mean, Um, other than the fact that they're related to each other, but, like, that doesn't mean anything. I don't think they ever met the baby, though. I don't think they did. I'm I'm guessing after James insulted Vernon on Vernon's wedding day that they didn't have a lot of contact. Yeah, that's probably accurate. So drops baby off in the winter time. But I do wonder if there was some a spell to, to protect him. I'm hoping so because holy shit, guys! Otherwise, that might be why he was a little on the small and skinny side. <laughs> Maybe a little, little early baby frostbite. Oh, poor Harry. I know. <laughs> He's already got an ouch-ouch on his head. Right? <laughs> Which was still seeping blood at the fucking time of abandonment. Uh, and he wouldn't even heal the cut. Like, I get not, maybe not wanting to heal the scar, but the cut? Come on. <laughs> I know. I don't think that you, like, curse scars or curse cuts are different. Because, like, what happened with Draco, like, maybe he just couldn't. Hey, give him some, you know, Dittany or something. I know, <laughs> Ooh, Dittany. I would like some essence, uh, or essence of Mertlap tentacles. Ooh, that'd be good. Yeah, I I would just, I mean, not that I have any, like, weird sores in the area that touches my broomstick or anything, but uh, (laughs) I I feel like having some Mertlap essence would be a good thing to have around. Just around the house, in general. But Dumbledore also drops off this baby with nothing but a letter, with no verbal conversation with the people who are taking on the care of this extremely important child, 
who's also just a baby, and, like, all babies should be treated with a lot more care. And, uh, and no verbal explanation, and no exp- expectations of care. Yeah, so the, the Dursleys were just like, eh, what the fuck, I guess we're taking this baby in, but not like, hey, I'm gonna be checking up on this baby, like, every year or so. Please, write me a letter, like, once a month, let me know how Harry's doing. You know, no, please don't torture him or use him as a frickin' servant. Yeah, but maybe he didn't really think about, like, he's like, eh, probably they're not the greatest people in the world, but they're probably not gonna abuse him. He may not have grown up with the same fairy tales that muggle children grow up with, but I'm pretty sure that Dumbledore is widely read enough to have bumped into the tale of Cinderella at some point in his travels. Like, he may have also thought it was a terrible disease like Ron did at first, but, I mean, that has to be a concept that's wider than just the muggle community. I was looking up for the the, the Dumbleburn comics. <laughs> They're great, and I can't find the one that that relates to him Dumbledore just dropping off <laughs> Harry on the do- the doorstep. But it's basically, <laughs> yeah, it, it shows Dumbledore leaving Harry on the doorstep, and McGonagall is there. She's just like Dumbledore. You can't just leave a baby on a doorstep, and he's like, it's dropped, and he so literally it, drops the football of a baby on, on the, the ground. ground. Drops, <laughs> <laughs> and that's and like. Yeah, sir, no, drop. <laughs> and like, that's it, drop, done. We're not talking about this anymore. See ya, bye. Like, <laughs> like, that's, and I've already said, I've already said, please, like a hundred times today, so also I can't say it again. Dumbledore are the only Durs, wait, Dumbledore, are the Dursleys informed about the tragedy from last night? It's okay, I wrote a letter. To Miss Dursley, knock, knock, who's there? Not your sister, she's dead. <laughs> okay, um, I can't pronounce the Tumblr name of the person who writes the Dumbleburn comics, and I don't even know if they have an actual name other than the Dumbleburn comics, but that's what I call them, because it's fucking epic, and it's Dumbledore fucking making fun of Snape right to his stupid face, and uh, no. we will definitely, on our Facebook page, we'll oh, yes. We also have a Facebook page. It's Trolls in the Dungeon Podcast. It's super easy to find. And we will, our show notes will pretty much consist of all, all of the, the memes. Burns. All the memes and double burns. <laughs> that helped us create an episode. So you'll be able to see all of our favorite uh, additions to the, the Dumble Burn comics. And we'll have the uh, uh, credit the actual artist who does them because they're very funny. If you like funny things... You may enjoy them. Yeah. If you so if you definitely don't, go to Facebook so you can find you, you can find this comic artist because they're pretty much incredible. So yeah, it's what you've been missing your whole life that you just didn't know about. Yeah, mm, for sure. Um, another issue with Dumbledore is his. I guess the word I'm looking for is crappy. Just crappy oversight of the teachers at his school. For example, Snape. What the hell, Dumbledore? Snape is in his dungeons, verbally and physically torturing children. Like, poor Neville. Emotionally abusing them. If you don't, Neville's just trembling away, trying to make this potion, not allowing anybody to help him at all. Well, Neville will allow him to help, but Snape will allow Hermione to help Neville. Right. And then, like, we're going to test your shrinking potion on your toad. On your beloved pet. On your beloved pet. Like... Or... Uh, it's likely it to be poisoned. It's first year or second year, where uh, or third year, I don't know, where they zap Hermione's teeth and they grow past her oh. collar like big beaver teeth. Oh, so that's and he year. looks in her face. Oh, it was fourth year because it was right before the Eagle Ball. Yeah. And he goes, "I see no difference." Like what? Asshole. How dare you? I, like, don't get me wrong. I love <laughs> Snape's character. He's super interesting. But like. Damn, he's an asshole. Everybody that loves Snape at the end of the books, or or who loved him all the way through, I'm sorry, like, you can can see him verbally and emotionally abusing children and be like, this is fine. (laughs) No, it's not fine. It's not (laughs) fine. If any teacher ever fucking did that to you and your parents didn't try to get them fired, you have crappy parents. So anyway, as the headmaster of the school, he probably should have stepped in and be like, bah, try not to torture kids today. Yeah, and Hagrid, another one, Oh my Boy, god, Hagrid. He, he needs the fucking syllabus so bad. Hagrid oscillates between trying to feed children to monsters 
and then boring them to tears. I mean, he's not feeding the kids to... One time, he actually sent them into the Forbidden okay. Forest. Fair. And a group of monsters tried to eat the, the boys. The spiders. The spiders. So, yep. The acromantulas. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, Hagrid absolutely does try to feed his, his students to his monster mates. His monster <laughs> mates. And, and then it's like flower worms. And like, and what was it? Flutterworms flourish best when left alone. Yeah, so passing so, this particular exam was super easy. Yeah, it's like just keep it alive for an hour. What the hell kind of test is that? And no, then they all like, died because we fed them too, too much, much lettuce. <laughs> Hagrid, unicorns, gnarls, festrels. Like the, and I know he did bring festrels, and I know he did, you know, continue Grubbly Plank's lesson on very begrudgingly though. Begr- Watchingly. He, was, he was like, I guess unicorns are interesting. They drink moonbeams, Hagrid. <laughs> That's a pretty fucking interesting animal. Yeah. No fangs or anything. Right, right. they're not. But they got the horns and they will gore someone if, if they get harassed. Unicorns are not to be fucked with. No. So I'm glad that the unicorn is not only the, the uh, uh, mascot of Scotland, but also just this generation of people. unicorns it's not that we're rare or hard to find we are beautiful we are majestic and we will gore the fuck out of you if bothered amen sister (laughs) or start a mean podcast and name drop your stupid face So the next no- problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When's this? Yeah. When's this get supportive? Not for a while. <laughs> Settle yeah. in, folks. No. <laughs> He's mostly good, with a few problems. So okay. Here's another one. Yes. He has way too many secrets, and I know that he's doing it for a good, valid reason. But how is any anyone supposed to get anything done if they don't know anything part of his plan? Every single person that he confides in is just being given confidence, like like you're One thing. confiding in the person, uh, so that they have a piece of the plan, a small piece of the plan. He's putting them to work. He has no friends. Motherfucker has no friends. The people he confides in are not his friends. They're just agents sent to do his bidding. And that holds true no matter what office they serve or how long he's known them. Do you think that Dumbledore has friends? No, I think he has zero fucking friends. I agree. I feel like he's just too busy trying to save wizard kind to nurture any kind of relationship. He has lieutenants. Yeah, sure. But he has no friends. I don't think that he's got anybody he's close to. Very much like... um, Certain doctors from Doctor Who, but he's not that dissimilar. He is a general, whether or not he thinks of himself that way, and all of his companions are actually soldiers, whether or not they think of themselves that way. And that's pointed out to the Eleventh Doctor a few different times that you you create people, you build them up, and you make them sacrifice themselves. You like throw them out on the altar of for the greater good. And that is, I mean... This kind of goes into another thing, is he's super fucking manipulative. And, like, he he makes it seem... Chill. He makes it seem like dying for the cause is not a big deal, but, like, he makes it also seem like, oh, no, you'll be safe. Don't even yeah. worry about it. And you're so, gonna like, be fine, you, Harry. You if I f- tell you how to do this thing, you're gonna live. Yeah, probably. And, and Asterisk. Harry has no idea what he's going into. He doesn't realize that the whole ultimate goal, spoiler alert, is that he's supposed to die. That, and that he's been... That's been the plan all, all along. along. That has been the hypothesis that Dumbledore has been working with since he was one year and a couple of months old. And he boldface lied to Harry about whether, yeah. you know, he's like, is this going to help me survive? I certainly hope it does help you survive. So he doesn't, I guess, not boldface lie, but he's just like, yeah, I hope it survives, even though, like, the he way knows he going says in. that, he says a lot of things like, I sure hope, you know, you'll be safe with me, or whatever, or I sure hope, blah, 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 blah. Like, he says things in that, like, in that style of speaking that would imply to somebody who's had a relationship with him for a few years that's closer than a normal student has that. Yes, you will be safe. You'll be safe. So even if he does not express that this is going to help you live, 
it does imply that it's going to help him live, and then misses out on the whole a whole section of the story, which no. goes into another point of, you know, shit against him, that he leaves a whole bunch up to chance. A whole bunch of chance. Can we, can we talk about Harry and Snape's memories for a sec? Yeah, we need to, because it's part of Dumbledore's plan for Snape is, hey, Snape, get your memories to Harry when you notice Voldemort's not is not going to be separated from Nagini anymore. Right. Because, obviously, shit's going down if that's the case. Get your memories to him as soon as that happens. Doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't have the opportunity to do it's so. It never comes it up. Only, it's only because Harry is at the right t- place, the right time, that it even happens. Which you could possibly argue that, like, Dumbledore knew he was going to be there because Harry's a big old eavesdropper and is just super curious about people, like, dicking around. Yeah, but so he'll just follow them. Yeah, like, so that that's not... What, the odds on that fucking playing out in a, in a way that would express to Harry, like, what needed to happen next were really slim, and if I was in Harry's situation, like, he might be a straight-up Gryffindor. I'm a Gryffindor. I need a little bit more information than that. And I I can handle being told that you might die. I just need to know what the fuck I'm walking into. And I need to sit with that information for longer than ten minutes. I mean, do you think that if... I mean, I think for sure Harry would go to his death if that was because he obviously did he he made that sacrifice but like if i'm the only one if it was me if it was just comes down to this one last thing has to happen and that one last thing if i swear to god if i could walk to a place that was within walking distance of where i am right now and fix the situation that's happening on the borders right now i absolutely would if it came down to me it was all on me and i had to walk four blocks to the west into the fucking woods, or whatever, and, you know, face down my death that has been fucking destined for 16 years. And there's your Gryffindor. I not would every, do it, because it not is... not everybody is, is capable of doing that, Not everybody's sure. capable, but um, that is a thing that I would do, because knowing that there is something I can do, and not doing it is more painful to live with. Yeah. It, it's more painful to carry than knowing that I'm going to die. So I could, and Harry absolutely could. He, would, he that's trusted the kind of he was. Dumbledore so much that even if Dumbledore, I believe that if he had been honest and said, look, this is probably how this is going to play out. But he could have, Dumbledore did ha- suspect that he would survive the, the whole, like. So he should have said that. So I don't understand why he didn't just. That it's like yeah. a 50-50 chance, like, but what I personally. He might die, but I th- think I'm I personally sure believe that you will come out of it if you want to. It, yeah, absolutely. That you can make that choice. That this is how I think shit's gonna go down. Now, he knew he was gonna die. He had worked shit out with Snape for his death. He had worked shit out with Harry about the Horcruxes. And he had tried to work shit out with Snape about getting Harry that last bit of information, but he really didn't plan it that well. No, it didn't. There's just too much shit that went down that to make Snape unable to... And it happened... It all just happened so quickly. It happened way no, faster than he no was expecting. He probably thought he had at least another week, but that, again, was leaving shit to chance. Yeah. And... No letter. Just, again, no explanation. He's just gone, and nothing but a Rita Skeeter book to fucking, you know, give you insights into his mind, into his life. Right. Not his mind. Just the facts of his life, and with an unhealthy dose of speculation to boot. Thanks, Rita. Always helpful. She's a character. <laughs> we'll talk. We should talk about her. Ooh, at some Rita's point. gonna come up later. <laughs> not maybe not later today, but she's yeah. coming up. Um, She'll okay. have an episode herself. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Or the media and how she relates. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good episode. I, I like that. Um, so I think that about covers. Everything that I personally would scream into Dumbledore's face but if please, I had the opportunity to. If you have other things to add, let us know because yeah. we're super curious about it. Yeah, post it on our Facebook page that we totally have. It's yes. Trolls in the Dungeon Podcast. <laughs> super easy to fucking find because there isn't anything else with that name. No. Unless, I there, there, I think there's Trolls of the Dungeon, but that's a different eh. thing. It's not a they school. They can go fuck Just, themselves. No, come to Trolls in the Dungeon. Yes. 
because we're better. So, now, I guess we can start defending him. Okay, so this is defending Dumbledore. Um... Not that I haven't been kind of defending him along right. the way, but because, I know the whole I, time I, ha- I love Dumbledore so much that I can't help but defend him and even with and and he was like I think the first character that it was just like he's great, but he also kind of sucks and yeah. I, and then we made a list of other characters so we'll be going into profiles on um, other people that you know are, are great characters but still kind of suck yeah <laughs> there's, um, there's more than you think. So every time I suggested just doing an episode where we tear Dumbledore and you asshole, Sandy's like, "No, we can't," <laughs> you know, or like, or or no, every, what if before blah, we blah, blah. before we ever started doing the whole podcast idea, We've we had would, a we, lot of arguments. Yeah, we talked a lot about just her problems with Dumbledore, and I would be like, "No, this is why you're wrong," or and, or just like, I or, see your point, but also consider, blah. yes. Bleh. That's what you sound like to me in my head. Just blah. That I sound like a Sesame Street monster. For the record, for the record, everyone kind of does in my head. All of my impressions or are. It, or Ben's like. Bleh, 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 bleh. So that's my partner. That's what he sounds like to me when he's not agreeing with me and I'm mad at him. That's pretty much how he sounds. And I guess I'd rather sound like that than that. Wah, 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 wah. That's when I'm not listening. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I pretty much, yeah, that's how people say when I'm not listening to you. So. And then uh, it's also how Sandy sounds when I'm listening, but there's uh, ambient noise of any kind. I just hear, like, yeah, and I'm like, I'm tr- I'm trying to read her lips. I'm trying so hard to understand what she's saying. I've paused the music, and I'm just like making eye contact and like yelling, like, "What? Wait, it doesn't what help? Doesn't help that I usually have my back to her when I'm talking." So. Yeah, we need subtitles. Real life needs God, subtitles. How does it, we need to, yeah, we gotta and get I, our scientists on this. And a mute button for those times that for I don't want to fucking, I don't want to hear you. Every <laughs> not time, you. Every People. time, you know, Trump comes on. I need to not hear his voice. Ever. I would rather just, just read, read the disgusting same. words. And you know what? Have you ever read closed captions where there will be spelling errors or the person is trying to type it like real time, but they're, they're like, they're losing, they're losing the race. They're like going too slow and they're trying super hard and they just like type half a word and then just fucking just leave it. It's not, (laughs) it's too long. Just go to the next thing. That's actually how Trump's, the, the transcripts of his speeches actually look. It's just like a couple of letters, half a fucking word. It doesn't matter. (laughs) He just speaks in circles anyways. It doesn't even matter. Just say the same word over and over again. You'll get the gist of it. Okay, back uh, to back to Dumbledore. We don't want to talk about Trump's dumbass. It just makes us sad and and gag involuntarily. Um, so okay, let's talk about a very cool fact that I literally learned yesterday. Telling another friend about how I was going to trash talk Dumbledore, she told me, "Thank you, Caden, that Saint Alban is actually the patron patron saint." of England slash Great Britain. I'm not sure if it's just England or if it's just Great Britain or if it's the UK, whatever. But St. Alban is the patron saint, I mean, patron, patron, (laughs) the patron saint of England. And I thought that was pretty fucking cool because Albus Dumbledore is basically the patron saint of the magical Antifa community. Basically, yeah. And interesting also... Albion is an old school term for Great Britain. So, yeah. Things you didn't know. Maybe yeah. you know. Learn, learning shit on the Shit Talking Podcast. The more you know! <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dropping knowledge. <laughs> and also our train of thoughts. <laughs> Tra- uh, trains, trains of thought. Um, okay, so. <laughs> train of thoughts. <laughs> Stop. I'm really. Hashtag can't stop, won't stop. (laughs) But I am actually crying right now. (laughs) Okay. Okay. One of the points is a refutation of an earlier point. So I'm bitching about how he can't share his plans with anybody, and that's really crappy of him. But there's spies everywhere. He doesn't know everyone he can trust. You can't just give everybody all the knowledge because then 
anybody can have access to it. Yeah, and if uh, they don't straight up fucking Peter Pettigrew all over the shit and tell him, uh, Voldemort straight up all of the things, they could get, uh, you know, legitimized. Yeah, is that a it, verb? It is it now. Could be, it could be. <laughs> I mean, why not? We'll make it a verb. Okay. They could get legitimized, and even if they're really good at occlumency, I mean, people can be careless. Hagrid, you know, is trustworthy until he starts drinking. But when he's when he's drunk at all, he is real stupid. He's not stupid. I love Hagrid. Well, I love him too. But oh, I can't call him stupid though because I love him. He bad at things. He's just not careful. Too honest for his own damn good. Yes, he's too honest for his damn good. So yeah, spies are everywhere. He doesn't know who he can trust, and everything he does is very. He's thought about it for a long time. Yeah. He's like, a thinker, that one. Yeah. He's a planner. He's he a doer. He's Yeah, he's definitely both. He's another Griffin Claw. For sure. Like, he's got it all figured out he's, before he's he makes his decision. old guard nerd. The motherfucker has been published in papers since before he fucking graduated Hogwarts. Yeah. He's old guard nerd. And that's a great fucking thing. But when you well, it makes, are... It makes you a thinker and an act. Like, it's, it's a good place yeah. to be when you can have all your dreams and, and make them happen because, totally. you know, you just, however, I'm going to make this shit happen. I'm going to make it. If you're so, so brilliant, but nobody's on your level, that's really isolating. It is. There's no one well, to tell because they might not understand all of the ramifications or they... I found it really interesting talking earlier about how, you know, he doesn't have friends. We don't think he has friends. And like, did it was, we, it was did a we say point. that during this? We yeah, said that, we said that okay. earlier. How he doesn't have friends, but that was something that he pointed out to Harry about Voldemort. Voldemort neither wants mm. nor craves friends. I think Dumbledore craves the closest. Yeah, I think of so people. too. I think that he likes people. I think that he loves them. He's I think friendly that with them. I well, and takes care of them, but I don't think that anybody was truly in his confidence. Yeah, I think that he was just so smart that he could never really truly relate to anybody. So he was giving Harry a little bit of insight when Harry's like, or when Albus is saying, you know, it's really great that you have two people to share this with. What he's, you know, he's also saying is like, I kind of wish that I had people that were on my level that had, you know, unique skills and abilities that I could also share my life with. Right. And, but I mean, I also think he didn't have time to nurture relationships either. I think he craved relationship. I don't think he had the time to. I don't think, I think that it was difficult for him to relate to people on the same level because he was so brilliant. Oh, and we didn't say that yet. He's fucking brilliant. If, yeah. if we did not make it clear, we both admire the hell out of him. He is, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Love him. Like, I, like, there's there's I, no character that is as wise and as knowledgeable and as fucking real sometimes. Like, shit sucks. And sometimes you just do the best that you can I, do. I love how he takes things more lightly, too. Just like... Yeah. It's just like that twinkle in his eye always, yeah. like where he's just—he's he's a like, sassy motherfucker, but he also has impeccable manners. I, I, one of my favorite scenes is when um, Harry goes to his first lesson with Dumbledore, for lack of a better term, is, is "I see you've already got another detention under your belt. You yeah. must be enjoying your first week back, or <laughs> <laughs> something like that." And, yeah. I, and, um, I like fucking uh, the beginning of book six when Dumbledore comes to pick Harry up and. Uh, you know, Dumbledore is, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna quote it much better than I am. I'm just gonna say a couple and then you can jump into the rest, but, um, they, like, like, let's just pretend you invited me into your house. <laughs> and the Dursleys are so fucking rude to him, and he just has impeccable manners the entire time, and he's like, let's just pretend you invited me in. And then, <laughs> and then does a... Not to be rude, but, <laughs> well, best not to say anything at all, my dear man, because... Accidental, accidental rudeness happens alarmingly often. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking slays me. And then they, yep. they fucking, he politely gives them a delicious ass drink, like honeyed mead, like yeah. wizard mead. And, and then like the glasses start banging like themselves. <laughs> like they try, they're trying to be insistently like, drink me. It's the polite thing to yes. do is drink what you're offered by somebody who's being, get these running things off of us. Well, the polite thing to do would have been to drink it, but whatever. <laughs> or, uh, you're going to invite me into your sitting room. We are? <laughs> I will only be infringing upon your, your host. For what it was a few minutes. For, oh, you will, will you? Yes, I shall. Yeah, <laughs> and then just walks right the fuck in. That 
that's He's the best. That's just you know, like there's there are very few characters, uh, and if you if you can come up with literary or just you know comic book or. Um, and I, I mean, like, image comics, too, not just, like, Marvel, DC, like, comic book heroes, but, like, if you, if you know of, um, a TV show character, or a movie character, or a book character, or a comic book character that is on par with fucking Dumbledore, I just thought of one. The Doctor from Doctor Who. Okay, I'm not familiar with the, the, the Hoovers. Yeah, the Hoovers. Is it Hooniverse? Hooniverse. <laughs> Universe. Uh but yeah, no, we, we should we should watch a lot of Doctor Who together because okay. yeah, um maybe you can get me into it where others have failed. So. Yeah. I mean I, I not to digress. If you can handle campy sci fi for a couple of seasons, shit gets really good. And if you can't, we'll just dive in at the eleventh doctor. Okay, maybe we need to dive into the eleventh doctor because I, I think that I think that's I'll the try one. I'll try with others. First, but I like, think that the that's the one the that's gonna be make sci-fi. I'm just like, Ugh, like it's so that bad. For, I I loved it right away, but for some people, it is a slog. So you know, Doctor Who aside, <laughs> back on track. If you can come up with a character that is on par with Dumbledore, that maybe uh, Albus would have shared drinks with at fucking you know at the Hogshead, just chilling on the weekends or whatever. Fucking post that shit to our Facebook page. That we totally have. <laughs> Trolls in the Dungeon podcast. <laughs> Super fucking easy to find. <laughs> Super easy to find. <laughs> On purpose. We wanted uh, it to be memorable. Okay. Uh, let's see, we've got more stuff. Okay. Yeah, about him. we do have a lot of nice things to say about him. So, um, another thing to say about all those plans that he wasn't sharing with anybody. Every single one of his, like, grand master plans... Actually, he, he mostly had one, and then, like, smaller ones that were just a part of the greater but, whole. Yeah. But it was always, always with the overarching intention of, like, acting out those plans with the health and safety of the magical community. Like, the entire magical community in mind. Well, um, even the humans, though. Too, like, muggles, too. Like, and and because, muggles. you know... what. It, and and Voldemort the whole was, and the whole human community too, like magical and muggle. Because because Voldemort was trying to sub, like subdue muggles like, as a whole, like yeah, sl- enslave us all. So like it wasn't. <laughs> Speak for yourself, muggle. <laughs> well, I was sort of a Hufflepuff, so I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I was referring to us as a general mm, wizard mm-hmm. and muggle and mm-hmm. muggle kind because we can live together side by side, you mm. know. And that was something that that um, Albus may not have believed the entirety of his life. But when we're young, we say and think stupid things, and um, we're allowed to grow out of those opinions as we get older, and to, you know, shed the things that don't work for us, and to learn from our mistakes and be better. Certainly, I'm not the same person I was when I was young. Oh my god. The age that he was when he met Grindelwald, like, I was the biggest idiot. Yeah. The biggest idiot. Not ever. Not in the whole world. No. But of the course of my life... If my life was plotted on a fucking graph, the fucking dip during my 16th year was friggin' legendary. And then it's got, it's, you know, increasingly, I've, I've, I think past where I was as like a six or seven year old was pretty, pretty smart kid. So I'm, I'm like inching up towards like, you know, maybe 11, which is where I think it just dropped off really steadily. So hopefully I'll surpass being 11 and continue being wiser than I was as a small child. But it's a hard, it's a hard hole to dig your way out of. And I didn't even meet any megalomaniacs that literally intended to subjugate the entire world and, and, and slave people they considered beneath them. So, um, I guess I'm, I guess I'm lucky that I didn't meet Gellert Grindelwald. I, Probably also would have fallen in love with him. He was he a, seemed to be a very charming dude. Good looking guy. Very smart. Very, yeah, very charming. The way that, you know, Ted Bundy was good looking and charming. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That so, shudder. Yep. So, yeah, Dumbledore had to save. He did everything he did with the intention of saving the world in general. And promoting inclusivity. Yeah. All the while uh, promoting inclusivity. Which, like, even the moderate uh, wizards and witches weren't necessarily trying to promote inclusivity and protect rights of non-human magical folk or non-magical human folk. Mm -hmm. 
Oh yeah, going into that still, like, he's got all these plans, and he's kind of the only one who is willing to step up, short of Harry Potter, he's absolutely willing to, but, like, he's not given all of the information to do so. Dumbledore has about a hundred years of a head start on Harry as Mm -hmm. far as agency goes. Mm -hmm. So, like, so everyone is looking to Dumbledore to save them, except for the people who don't want to be saved for whatever reason, or just think that he's this complete idiot, or going senile, or certainly in book five we see a lot of people just talking a lot lot of shit. shit. You know, if you're going senile, you don't know what you're talking about. You should be fired, you should be, you know, off of the court, like, your your judgment can't be trusted anymore, can, you know, can we really trust you to keep our children safe? You know, and I mean, honestly, like, he had his eye on the bigger picture for, like, 15 years at that point, like, he wasn't, I don't think he was really fussed about it, but I think that there were times that probably he was just like, God, you people are fucking small little minds. Yeah. Like, can you just fucking open up your brains and be more useful, please? Yes. And then, conversely, it was probably really difficult for government officials to have half of the community looking to a school teacher to lead them instead of looking to the government. But if you are living under a regime like, say, we are currently living under, I don't trust my government. No, me either. I don't trust the officials. I don't trust the people that are in charge of anything. We just found out today that Trump wants to uh, combine the labor and education departments. So that'll more efficiently churn out. Oh, so the education department has about 4,000 people in it, and the labor department has about 12,000 people. So basically, the effect is going to be churning out better little worker drones, unless you are in the ruling elite, in which case you can afford to give your kids a better education and continue being the ruling elite. You know, I don't really trust the government. No, shit's getting kind of scary, too. Why would I? You know, we don't even have a Cornelius Fudge... We basically have, what, Yaxley? Yeah. I mean, or like a McNair swinging that axe. Yeah. Being a fucking asshole. What was the article we were reading earlier about the, oh, it was about that, that woman who, who has decided that she wants to shoot people to set the border preemptively. Lori just... McAllen. Lori McAllen, a you're a fucking cunt. Current, but probably not for long, member of the Oregon DMV. Uh, Department of Transportation employee posted on her Facebook page or like in a conversation not totally sure of the details the comment section was as per usual pretty sketchy whether or not she was making a joke which is as we know uh, the claim of literally anyone caught with their fucking pants down shitting on somebody else's car it was just a joke Uh, I didn't mean it like that But she basically said that the problem could be solved if we just shoot everyone coming over the border. Everyone. People are bringing their whole families. People are bringing their children here. And even if they don't have children, even if they are adults by themselves or adults with their partners and spouses or just friends, they're human. They do not deserve to be shot. No. They don't deserve to be shot. They are people just like you, Lori, you fucking cuntbag who are running from terrifying circumstances that you were lucky enough not to be born into. Like, look. Yep. Look, you That's fucking asshole. That's the only asshole. reason why we can sit on our comfy couch and do this podcast that ultimately, well, fun for them. us, is inconsequential to the, to the rest of everybody else. It doesn't matter. We're lucky. Yep. We don't have to be running in terror for our lives. Um, well, at least not yet. Yeah, I'm um, not being fucking, you know, I'm not worried about being kidnapped by a friggin' uh, drug cartel. And I am also not sitting in a fucking jail wondering where the hell my four-year-old is. Yep. Because some fucking asshole like you, Lori, a fucking asshole like you, stole my child out of my arms and then put them on a plane and sent them... God knows where. Somewhere. No... Fucking documentation, no infrastructure, no reasonable way to get their children back, Lori. You fucking asshole. So, um, since we're (laughs) casually on the topic of Trump using children as bargaining chips for all the fucked up shit he wants to do to us, we have a relevant 
quote about Dumbledore and about the current situation that we are finding our country in that Sandy would like to share with us right now. It's at the part in book seven when Harry is talking to Aberforth about why there are so many people in his pub. He, uh, He says, It never occurred to any of you to keep a few Slytherins hostage. There are kids with Death Eaters you've just sent to safety. Wouldn't it have been a bit smarter to keep them here? Harry says, It wouldn't stop Voldemort, and your brother would never have done it. So, kudos Dumbledore for not wanting to use children as bait. As as human shields. As bargaining chips on a fucking table. You don't get to use human lives like that. Nope. You just don't. You don't get to use them as shields to protect whatever fucking wrongdoing you're doing back there. <clears throat> Luckily... We have eyes on you. Luckily, the world is watching. Luckily, they're on our asses about it now, too. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about other countries declaring war on us at some point, because, right. you know, you know and things the, that are happening are atrocious, to probably, you know... Quote the doctor that created Captain America, the first country the Germans invaded was their own. Yep. And I w- wouldn't be the slightest bit fucking surprised... To have Canada knocking on our fucking doors and be like, we're here to liberate you. I mean, it'll probably be after the point that we have been smuggling uh, refugees to safety. Yeah, we're not at that point yet, but get close. But what's going on is a war crime. Mm -hmm. Don't call it anything else. Did the UN say so? I don't know what language they used. It's absolutely a human rights violation, but I'm calling it a fucking war crime. It's a war crime when we did it to... The Japanese, uh, American citizens of our own fucking country, in order to steal their businesses and their houses. Yeah. It was a war crime when the fucking Nazis did it to the Jews, and the Roma people, and anybody of color, and anybody that was disabled, and anybody who was queer... Actually, the, the queers have almost had it worse because they didn't get they didn't get oh that's right they uh every they got to watch everybody else get liberated and then they stayed in prison yep three yeah, cheers that, yeah for that pink triangle three cheers for civil rights worldwide doing a great job everybody so uh that actually so uh, goes into our next segment <laughs> nice job Sandy <laughs> so um a lot of people were kind of frustrated with, with JPR um, for so after the books came out. She she likes to drop little uh, bits of canon on us, which, you know, we're always very hungry for because seven books just isn't enough. The Tales of Beatles Labard isn't enough. Like, Pottermore isn't enough. Give us more, give us more. Always. Although, Cursed Child was too much. Take it back. <laughs> I am, like, the only one on Earth. I, I, I read the, the screenplay. I thought, or not the screenplay, but the, the play, whatever. Synopsis? No, it's the actual... Oh, yes. Yeah. Her show. Yes. I'm pointing at nothing. It's not over there. Oh, well, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, um, yes, I I have it even. I read it. It's okay. I can tell it's not actually written by her. (laughs) The humor is a little bit different. It's It's not as much there. The heart is not as much there. But I would really like to see it as it's actually meant to be seen, and that might actually change my mind more on it. (laughs) So I'm not going to write it off completely. But anyway, that's, we're digressing from the other uh, actual point of what we started, so, which is a lot of people are so really she, frustrated. So she drops this little piece of, a uh, little nugget of information that... But uh, she always thought of Dumbledore Albus, as being gay. Albus was in love, in fact, with Gellert Grindelwald when they met, and they're about 16 years old, 17 no, years yeah, old. Yeah, 17 or 18. I um, so I'm not sure when kids uh, graduate from Durmstrang, but also Probably. he had been tossed out of Durmstrang because he was kind of a psycho. Yeah. Um, but that was really downplayed because uh, Batilda, Auntie Batilda, probably didn't want the, all the neighbors to be very freaked out about her psycho nephew coming to hang out. <laughs> but that from the moment that he he met Geller, he was just totally enamored with him and and probably had uh, romantic and sexual feelings for him. And yes. we actually don't know if he was um, in the sexuality spectrum. He could have been asexual. Or gray ace, so you know, just having romantic feelings but not actually wanting to act on anything. Nothing in literature except fan fiction um, really says anything about whether or not he had any desire to have sex. Which yeah. you know, um, it's not the thing is it's not really his story; it's Harry's story. So like we get, we get, and he's you know, never Harry's ever inch. sexual towards never sexual towards Harry. No, ever. So like, like that's you know, 
not really relevant to it's not and to like, Harry. So since it's not also Harry's really embarrassed by feelings. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's like the ultimate Brit. <laughs> so British. So British. Just like, oh, you're crying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look, look away because... really hard because I'm so embarrassed about feelings. But yeah, so a lot of the the fans of the Harry Potter world are really frustrated with JKR because she hasn't written anything further about Dumbledore being gay. And they they viewed the the uh the new movies, the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them series as a good way to Which it, the, introduce the only movies, the only Harry Potter movies I will watch. Yeah, because okay. those are actually really they're good. Pretty good also, and I haven't read the books that they're ruining. So. Also <laughs> Written by JKR. Yeah. So that helps. That helps enormously. So anyway, they're really frustrated. She's not using that as a way to um, expand, expand on, on, her. on his gayness. And right? so they're like, she's not, there's, she's just doing that for attention for, you know, so that she can keep Harry Potter in the limelight. Like it's ever gotten out of the limelight. Right. Ever. So I take, shit's never going on a stack. It literally happened in the nineties and we're not letting go of it. So yeah. fucking pride my cold so, dead fingers. Of course I'm not gonna talk about it in those books. They're children's books written in the nineties. No, they're not going to be talking about Dumbledore being gay in those. And, and it, it literally also, is not relevant to the story. It's not relevant to the story. They talk about Harry's love interests because it's Harry's story. <laughs> so yeah, they're gonna talk about that. Uh, so we're kind of positing that it's not the responsibility of Dumbledore to be a gay icon. It is a piece of information that we know and share, but uh, we did a little math, and we kind of checked the the wiki to make sure that our math was correct. uh, Albus Dumbledore was born in 1881. He died in 1997. So he was 115 years old when he died. Then we did a little bit more digging, and we discovered that homosexuality was only legalized in England and Wales in 1967. And not until Scotland until 1981. And Scotland is where Hogwarts Hogwarts is at. I would say he probably started teaching at Hogwarts in 67 or like thereabouts. Like probably like... I'm not not sure when he started. Or no, uh, earlier. Earlier, I'm guessing. Yeah, much earlier. Because he was was, uh, a teacher with with Tom Riddle. So that was what just happened. 50s. I thought it was like the 40s. Well, 40, I mean, World War II is the 40s, and I think that uh, Grindelwald was supposed to be, you know, the, first, power, al- the first allegory like, yeah. of the Nazis. Right. So, regardless, by the time he was teaching at Hogwarts, homosexuality still was not legal in the country where he worked right. and lived. And then, it wasn't until 1981, when he's dropping Harry off with the Dursleys, that homosexuality became legal in Scotland, where he worked. Like, so he spent... Rather decriminalized, shall we say. Decriminalized. We weren't going to get thrown in fucking prison for being yourself. Right. So, here's here's Dumbledore by the numbers. He spent 100 years from the time of his birth in 1881 until 1981 in a country or multiple countries where homosexuality was illegal. A hundred years. So no wonder he's not, you know, banding that out a bunch. Yeah, (laughs) right? Like, or having a lot of fucking romantic relationships. Like, I would, I, that impulse, that, that secret would be buried so far deep down inside of me that the last 15 years of my life, I would live them the same as the previous fucking 100. And the last 15 years of his life were so traumatic. Like There was way too much shit going on. There was, on. yeah, like, war just tried to... He knew that Voldemort wasn't gone. He was doing everything he could do to make sure that when he came back to power that it would be, you know, the last, enough, time. The last time. So he was busy dude. I don't think he had... The time, as I said earlier in the podcast, I don't think he had the time to forge relationships with people. I don't think that... I think at that point, too, he was just so closeted that he couldn't anyway. It, and it then, just would have been unnatural feeling. And and then also that he was probably afraid to love again. If the one yeah. significant relationship, like love of his life, was that one traumatic summer in his 17th year... Where I mean, where, where that culminated in the death of his sister. I mean, 
How could you love again? Horrifying. He, he was afraid of he's also having... lost so many people in his life, too. True. Like, just so many people. Almost his entire family is gone, you know. So... With the exception of Appleforth, who he doesn't get along with. Who he, who he knows, kind of, you know. And then all of his friends in the First Order of the Phoenix that were murdered. I mean, he, he really has no problem engendering um, loyalty and respect. Because he's... He's got impeccable politeness, and he treats people with respect. And genuine warmth. Yeah, yeah I think he's a very warm person. But I don't think that he ever felt like he could open him his heart up and love somebody the way that you would love a partner. And honestly, like, I feel I feel a lot of sadness about that. Yeah. That such a, such a great person didn't have the opportunity. You know, that probably the most loving relationship of his life was like a a mentor relationship not quite father son it wasn't that close maybe grandfather grandson in a stilted british kind of way you know his relationship with harry like brought him to tears yeah how you know harry's words i told him i'm dumbledore's man through and through or uh he accused me of being dumbledore's man through and through oh how very rude of him how rude of him i told him i was and then that, you know... And he couldn't even form words because he was so moved. And, and then weenie little Harry had to look away because feelings were happening. Oh, no, I can't say that. <laughs> Still embarrassing. Fucking British. <laughs> British, but also raised in a very abusive household. Yeah. But, um, but that was, you know, probably the most loving thing that anybody had said to him in dozens of years. And I definitely would not have been able to keep that shit to myself, like, my tears inside of myself either. So it's, I'm glad that he had that. Like, not everybody has such a wholesome, beautiful love in their life as, you know, to a child. Yeah. Like, their their own child or their, their child that they mentor or that they, you know, kind of got to watch yeah, grow up. and. and- well, that was ultimately why he he withheld so much information from him. <laughs> you know, he just he didn't want to be the bearer of bad news. He's had to deal with so much already. But then, Harry. like, yeah, exactly. And so he just grew to care for Harry so much. He just didn't want to be the person to be like, "Yeah, sorry, you're gonna have to die, dude." <laughs> you know, yeah, that's a hard um, conversation. Yeah. Sadly, one of the most cowardly things that I think that he was that he ever did. He did. That's it's true. That would have taken a lot of courage to have that conversation, and he didn't. Yeah. Whether he meant to or not, he, he never got around to it, and, and that's that just was a lack of courage on his part. And it was just luck, lucky fucking chance, and good writing that got that information to him at the end. Yeah. Anyway, if you... However, if you love Dumbledore as a gay icon, if that is something that's like really important to you to know that there is at least one, you know, that queerness exists in the Harry Potter universe. We think that he's a fabulous gay icon. He is the, the most flamboyant dresser in the entire wizarding world. Oh, I love that scene. Even by wizarding standards. I love that scene when when he's dressed in his like, plum-colored suit and, and Harry's like, nice suit, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And it's like probably bell-bottoms with the fucking pointy boots and like I'm sure that he had at least one earring. The the long beard, just, just the beard and the mustache and the hair. He's just letting his hair fucking grow however the fuck he wanted. Uh, that's actually not super uncommon in the wizarding world. Um, a lot of wizards have very long, mm-hmm. unfortunately, very shaggy hair. Doesn't seem like there's maybe wizard hairdressers. Seems like there should be some sort of wizard barber salon. salon. If you think of a good name for a wizard salon or a, a, a witch beauty shop, please add it to our Facebook page, <laughs> Trolls in the Dungeon Podcast. Ooh, we can do a whole, like, you know segment on, you know, the... The punnier, the better. Yes. That's who we are. Advertisements. So make us some advertisements. Yeah. Ooh. (laughs) If you give us a good enough idea, we might record advertisements. Yes. That'd be fun. And perhaps someone with artistic ability will, you know, draw something up. (laughs) I wonder if I know anybody like that. I don't know. Maybe. Sandy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So that brings us to the fan fiction review. Yay! Okay, so... Unlike last week, 
Or last We want to talk about last episode for a sec. Take it away, Sandy. It's just, I like the last one. These ones are good. That's all I want to say. Oh. <laughs> Earlier this week, Sandy was like, I may have been a bit harsh. Yeah, I did. Upon listening upon, to upon myself. Upon listening. No, no, no. Actually, I was just remembering what I had. Upon reflection. Yeah, upon reflection. I was like, maybe I should nominate myself as troll of the episode. <laughs> but I still will, because I do feel like I may have been unduly harsh on this on this person. But, you know, on the other hand, it is not my job as a listener to love everything you do. So, do better. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, this episode, uh, we are reviewing two fan fictions. They were both pretty freaking short, and they were both really good really reads. Good. We really enjoyed reading I, them. Well, um, I tell this the author of this one to do better, because they were already pretty good. Yeah, and we're not gonna name the author, but we will name the fan fiction, so um, hopefully you can find it on your own. I, I feel uncomfortable naming the author if uh, they didn't give us permission to use it. Right. So, especially if we're going to talk a bunch of shit, which we're not. No. So the first one is called The Dumbledore Conspiracy. It is written from the perspective of Luna Lovegood, adult seen. reporter for the Quibbler, which I feel like we all knew was Luna's true calling. Yeah. And it poses an extraordinary headcanon that I love. I love it. It's so good. And it could be, it could be believed even. It's like, headcanon. It, as it far is. as I'm concerned. Um, okay. So you I know. actually have a written down review because I actually did some research this yes. time or, or, or homework this time. The Dumbledore conspiracy. We take this very seriously. <laughs> Probably more seriously than we actually should, to be honest. Because Harry Potter's life to me. <laughs> Us. Life to us. Okay, see, there you go. <laughs> All right. So, the Dumbledore comp- conspiracy was written in Luna's perspective. She seems a little less dreamy than the character I know and love, but then again, it has been 20 years yeah, since she's like shit a, went down. She's like a hard-hitting reporter now. Yeah. But so she's... like the quibblers also. <laughs> but I... In, in the... the uh, the uh, Dumbledore um, conspiracy... Oh, yeah. She refers to the Harry Potter books as the Potter biographies. The Potter biographies. And I love it so much. The Potter So it's Potter biography 1 through 7. Yeah, volumes 1 through 7. And I just think that's so clever. Uh-huh. Yeah, so props to the author for that because that by itself is it's absolutely amazing. that obviously those books would be a part of the wizarding world right. also. Exactly. And so they would be called the biographies instead of um you know, Harry Potter and the so-and-so. <laughs> yeah. The such-and-such. Year one. Um, also, this uh, story posits that um, the reason Dumbledore has access to so much information is because he has the master chocolate card. Okay, so hang on. Wait, wait. We're not explaining this well. Okay, so okay. it's that... Uh, so since Dumbledore is on a chocolate frog card, that he can hear... And uh, receive information from every Dumbledore chocolate frog car. So including, you know, including the one that that uh, Harry and uh, Ron had on the train in the first book. Right. Right. So that chocolate frog cards with him on them uh, can communicate to other chocolate frog cards. Well, no, it's, it's, and, or it's, just it's, to the. It's talking about having a master card. There's a master card like a, that he has. So the 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 ones that are out in the world can well, relay information to, to the master. master. Yeah. Which is how, say, he would know to come back to the school because there's a fucking emergency. Right. And I think that's very brilliant, actually. And I yeah. think it's believable. It's yeah. um, something I could actually see as being a, a real thing. Yeah. So kudos to you, author, because I don't give praise for fanfiction willy-nilly. <laughs> <laughs> as she has proved in the past. The past one. It has episode. to be real good before I'm down with the fan fiction. Oh and, uh, yeah, and this one really was. It was it was short and sweet and had a really great theory and and had a lot of humor in it too. Yeah, it did. And it was just it was just amount the right amount of like Luna goofiness. Um, and it had the typical quibbler opening too. It was like, you know, or is he? You yeah. know, <laughs> like, I don't remember exactly yes. how it opened. But it uh, was very tabloidy. Yes, it was. It was beautiful. Like, 
So uh, that was the first one. So the second one is called The Diary of Albus Dumbledore, and it takes place the summer of his graduation from Hogwarts, the <laughs> summer that Kendra dies, his yes. mother Kendra dies in an accident trying to calm his sister Ariana down, and then she uh, had a burst of magic that she couldn't control, um, which, you know, accidentally killed her mother, uh, which was already, f- she's a very traumatized girl, she was tortured as beaten, I think, as, yeah, a, ch- as a very young by child boys. by muggle boys who couldn't understand how she was doing her magic, and then uh, accidentally, using her magic, accidentally kills her own mother. So she is having a lot of problems, right? Aberforth is responding to his mother's death and his kind of already a little bit estranged brother by just fucking checking out. Yeah. He j- he's just wandering off, going camping, sleeping with goats. Like, not not fucking goats, you perverts. He's just Although, sleeping I with them. I still do want to know what his inappropriate charms are. But I, I thought that inappropriate to British people is, like, most things are inappropriate to British. <laughs> like, mean, like, have you ever heard the joke that, like, Margaret Thatcher's naughty bits are her knees? It's, anyway, the British people, you're too uptight. I like you, but just as a friend, okay? Uh, anyway, so moving on to the, or going on with the story. Yeah, it's just talked about that. It, it briefly touches upon his, his meeting of Gellert. And I want to, I actually, this was written in like 2008. I want more, yeah. author. Why so, don't you give us more? Why are you only writing one chapter? So here's the thing, like, or here's not the, the, thing, the thing, but here's like kind of how it goes. It's just diary entries from that so, summer. It's long, June, June long 17. ones about how, yeah, it's just, you know, dated. It's long ones about how fucking annoyed he is, about how he couldn't go on his trip with Elphias, who I think also there may have been something romantic, at least uh, one direction, like Elphias, I think, kind of hero-worshipped, but maybe in a, like, do I, do I want him or do I want to be him sort of early crush sort of way? Maybe. And then, uh, and then they were supposed to go on a trip together. Right? That's... That's pretty intimate, and, like, as friends, like, you could have to be, like, the best of friends, or have some other connection, you know, for, for kids I mean, that I are so it. different. Like, I, I didn't get the same... I feel like the the, the two queer kids at the school in, like, the, the aughts, the 19 aughts, yeah. the two queer kids, or... No, the 1890s. Yeah. The two queer kids in the school in the 1890s would probably find each other and become friends, especially if they yeah. were the same age. I mean, I didn't feel the same, like, when, when Elphine Stowage was going, you know, talking to Harry, I didn't feel the same sense of passion as I felt while reading the whole exchange with Gellert Winterwald. Like, Absolutely not. That was a very passionate relationship, and I, it goes back to how I still feel as though she wrote it very they? suggestively. We have no... Wait... JKR? No, JKR. What? When uh, it was just as she wrote the the that those. Um, what? What were we talking about? The interaction of 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 Geller and and Dumbledore. From the perspective of. Not from the perspective of anybody. It's just what when, um, when did they interact? What book did they interact in? Seven. That's the only time we ever hear about their relationship. It's through Rita Skeeter's eyes, though. Thank you. Know. It's through a filter of it's like hearsay, right? So it's. But, like, the way it's described, ultimately I'm giving it props to JKR, not Rita Skeeter, because ultimate author. <laughs> Rolling my eyes, because context matters. God. Can we start this scene over? <laughs> nope. <laughs> just gonna edit it out. I'm gonna clean up a whole bunch of that section just there. Um, okay. I, just I don't know what you're trying to say. I, just, I think, think it's really written suggestively, the relationship. People talk about how, oh, they don't show any scenes between that indicate that he's actually gay, but, like, it felt very suggestive to me. I don't get that same sense of, you know, from Elphias. Totally. It's the difference between having queer friends while you're being queer and having a queer friend that you super, super are into Yeah. while you're queer. So I thought that the author of The Diary of Albus Dumbledore did a fantastic job at capturing the emotional fluxes like from from day to day of being so fucking tired that you can only write one sentence yeah, to same. like fucking going on for a couple paragraphs of how fucking frustrated you I were also about thought everything. the voice was good like yeah. it, it read like Dumbledore it to me. sounded like the a way a young Dumbledore would have written in his diary 
and then it just covers really the the meeting of Geller Grindelwald and nothing further. And it's like more. it's like two entries with him, like I've just met an angel. Yeah, and it's you know, and it's just the way that you are sort of knocked over the first time you have a massive crush or the first time you fall in love. It's so like it. Nothing in your childhood will ever fucking prepare you for the first time you have a huge crush on somebody or absolutely are in love with them, which, I mean, depending on your belief of of the maturity of children and love, like, you can go either way. But definitely our only feedback on this fanfiction is we want more. We want to see all the way through at least him leaving. You know, the, yeah, the fight, uh, Ariana dying, like, the, the, or the through the funeral. Being punched in the nose. Being punched right in the fucking nose. I Which, mean, by the way, I have been, and it does not feel good. I know it hurts. It hurts a lot. Makes yes. your, makes your eyes water. I mean, I was bleed frequently. Just a little bit. Yeah. Not mine didn't, mine's, I'm not a... I think mine kind of was a bit more than mm. just a typical... So, I don't know if that's a normal troll thing. <laughs> but for two ladies chilling in the dungeon... To just be like, yeah, we've both been punched in the face. High five, buddy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's a that's a that's a friendship that's gonna last. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't. I didn't smack her. She didn't smack me. In case you're wondering, <laughs> um, I did not deserve being punched in the face. I was trying to break up a fight, and that bitch fucking punched me right in the face because uh, I was trying to stop her brother from beating a man to death. So, wow, Gry- Gryffindor. Way more prone to action than to thinking things through. Yeah. <laughs> it gets you punched in the face sometimes. But then sometimes, people don't get beaten to death in front of you. And that is a, a trade-off I can live with. Yes. I think that brings us to the end. Yeah. You wanna... Deep questions, y'all. We've, we, we found a, qu- a question appropriate for the Dumbledore episode. How did Dumbledore know to ask Slughorn for the Horcrux memory? What on earth made him be like, hmm... That guy isn't telling me everything. (laughs) His mustache looks shifty. (laughs) Yeah, that one's better. (laughs) Oh, I want to play something for you before you leave. Anyway. um, Yeah, so how did he know? Uh, Thoughts? Let us know about that. Yeah, post it Um, in the comment section. On our uh, Facebook page, which we totally have. And we haven't mentioned before in this episode. No. Uh, if you haven't liked it yet, please do. Um, also, comment, uh, react button to some of the pictures. We're going to put a lot of Dumbledore memes and shit. Uh, for every episode, I think show notes will pretty much consist of just memes related to the topic. So, um, yeah, I like memes. I don't... I'm not going to apologize for no, that. No, don't. There's okay. nothing to apologize for. <laughs> so then, okay, that brings us then to Trolls of the Episode. Oh, yeah. I know it myself. I'm gonna take it. I'm not gonna take it back, but I don't think I can hold a candle to fucking Laurie McAllen. Oh yeah, so, Laurie McAllen of Troll of the undis- episode. undisclosed Department of Motor Vehicles in Oregon. Fuck you, Laurie. You completely suck. You are our troll of the episode. Congratulations. But also, kind of. I hope you stub your toe like eight times this week. Hard enough to break off your toenail. Yeah. I I hope some stranger makes you cry. I hope reading Facebook comments about what a piece of shit you are brings you to tears. And maybe even, like, a change in your personality, because fundamentally, you suck as a person. Yep. (laughs) And on that note... Yeah. (laughs) Peace! Peace! I've said that too many times today, I'm sorry. What did she say last time? I really think that should be our, our closer. I don't know. What did I say last time? Um, oh. Can be done. Uh, <laughs> try not to hurt yourself on the way out of the dungeon. Yes. <laughs> that's the one. I think that could be our closer. Try not to hurt yourself on the way out of our dungeon. <laughs> Till next time, trolls. <laughs>